The Tao of Self-Confidence, Episode 828 Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. Well, hello, friend. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. I'm your host today. I'm your host, Gina Yapchan. And before I introduce our guest, this will be the last episode for season six, and we'll have a brand new season on September 7th. So I just wanted to put that out before I introduce our next guest, who is an international best-selling author and a keynote speaker. And I'm super excited to have her today to share her story and her wisdom. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Jeannie Chang. Jeannie, how are you today? Maybe you can fill in a little bit more about yourself to the listeners. Thanks for having me, Sheena. So glad that I met you through the International Women of Color Boss Up book. Yeah, I am a licensed mental health clinician, specifically licensed marriage and family therapist. And so I'm in the field of mental health. And that's what I speak on mainly workplace mental health, workplace well-being. Big part of my specialty is treating and working with the API community, my own community as a second generation Korean American. So I'm super excited to be here. I love the title, The Tao of Self-Confidence, because I think that really is a direct correlation to our mental health. Thanks for sharing that. And totally, especially in Asian culture, mental health is such a huge taboo and it really needs to be more normalized so that, you know, our community can realize like we all go through things and it's okay not to be okay, like the K-drama. And, you know, just being able to just be open about what we're feeling, right? Because the more we can be open about it and even find someone to help us go through that, the better we can become. And, you know, sometimes we can, and, you know, we can solve some of the things that we're going through right now and realizing like we're not alone in this journey. So I'm really glad you're doing this amazing work. And Jeannie, what's your cultural background? So yeah, second generation Korean American. So I was born in Seoul, South Korea, but came here or came to the US when I was a wee baby, basically four months. So it's pretty much like I was born here, but I'll be honest, I'm proud to say I was actually born in Seoul because, and that's a big part of my journey that we'll talk about developing that self-confidence about my culture, because growing up, you know, you don't want to stand out. You, you just want to be the, I was surrounded by Americans, specifically white Americans. I was the sole Asian, so I didn't want to be Asian, but Now I'm proud to say that I am second generation Korean American. I embrace both of those equally, really. Thanks for sharing that. And I can totally relate growing up in Canada in the early 90s. I never saw anybody that looked like me. And so I always wanted to be a white girl named Heather with blonde hair and blue eyes, because that's what I thought being beautiful was. And like you, I was ashamed of being Asian. And so this is why, you know, I created the podcast as well to show our current and future generations like it's, you know, to to have that strong Asian female role model to look up to and not go through what we went through growing up in Canada and America. And Jeannie, what's your favorite self-confidence quote? Brene Brown has this awesome quote, vulnerability is the greatest measure of courage. But I'm sharing this because especially in our Asian culture, vulnerability is seen as weak. And actually, it's not just our Asian culture. Everywhere, people are like, oh, vulnerable. But that is actually what's developed my self-confidence being honestly authentic. Hence, that's the title of my memoir, right? A is for authentic. I'm sorry, but I'm I'm realizing over the years, not even I'm sorry. That's uh, I don't want to say I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just super glad that that word vulnerability and Brene Brown's quote is the greatest measure of courage. I have really leaned into that quote and learned about it and embrace it and found it to be true. 
So that is my favorite quote. And vulnerability does, does give you that courage, being authentic, being real. And then when we're talking about mental health, the more you talk about the fact what how you're feeling, which is normal mental health, then the 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 I feel like the more confidence you have in being true to yourself, if that makes sense. And I'm just gonna share this as a mental health tip. Hopefully I don't I don't sound like an egotistic maniac, but someone asked me once, oh, you look so young. You know, Asians, we look young. Okay. I said, and I said it recently and I didn't realize it connected, but it has to do with self-confidence. Like, well, you know why I feel like maybe I also come across with a lot of energy because I do, I was born that way, but also self-confidence that I've learned to develop, really embracing myself, being vulnerable when I need to be and being real has, I felt like giving me youth. Does that make sense? And I know that sounds funny, but I feel more like 25. I'm not gonna tell you my age, but obviously I'm 20 years older, but I don't feel my age because of that self-confidence. Thanks for sharing that. And I love that quote. And I can totally relate because the more you can just let go of everything and open up to all your feelings, like you're letting go a lot of baggage. And so it doesn't feel heavy. It feels light. And then you feel a lot better and you start to look younger. And then you have more energy because you're not drained from all the things that's that's been holding inside of you, right? Like we all do that. We were all good of like holding everything in. And because of that, it actually hurts us. And it's hurting us a lot right now, especially with what's been going on with the Asian hate crimes. Like our silence is literally killing us. And that's why it's so important to speak up and be vulnerable and be okay sharing these stories because there's someone out there who can relate to what you're going through. So I really love that quote that you mentioned, Jeannie. And also this whole topic of mental health is so important, especially in our Asian community. And in your own words, how would you define self-confidence? Sure. I really think it is honestly understanding and constantly learning about yourself and then embracing that, including what we'd say is flaws or how you look at flaws. That makes sense. But not focusing on the flaws, which by the way, is very Asian to go, what you're not good enough at, right? And our parents would harp on us saying, you need to do better. But I have, because I'm in mental health, I I reframe that saying, listen, yes, there are things we can always do better or things we're not good at, but you actually focus on that, it defines you. But when you can focus on the strengths, so that means discovering your strengths. And I say discovering because new strengths may come out depending on the journey you're at. Like when I was a stay-at-home mom, I never would have imagined that I being where I was now. Honestly, I didn't plan to be in this field. So all of that is a different strength that's shifted. And this is the the strength I see now is very different 15 years ago. So that's why I say is self-discovery. And then my favorite word, introspection, examining yourself, when I say examine, really examining and to find that self-confidence, but look for it. We tend to look at not the self-confidence, right? We're like, we like pinpoint all our flaws. And of course I say, yes, then that'll define you. But if you go, you know what, Jeannie, you're right. I really enjoy speaking. And I find that my strength lies there that I'm like, then I think you need to do more speaking. I love that. Thanks for sharing that great definition. And, you know, I always say if you, if you want to look for the right answers, you have to start asking the right questions. And the more you keep asking those right questions, it'll just appear right in front of your face. Right. So I really love that you mentioned that too, like examining yourself, like really like sit down and examine the things that you're good at, that you're bad at. And sometimes our flaws can also lead us to our greatest opportunities. So, you know, it's more like embrace them, embrace your mistakes, be okay with it because we're all human and we're not perfect. So thanks for sharing that. And Jeannie, what was your life like before your discovery of self-confidence? It's funny. I'm still discovering self-confidence. You know why I'm sharing it like that? Is because that doesn't mean I don't have self-confidence. I'm just discovering what it looks like in every season of life. Cause I always share identity is fluid. 
And that's actually a concept of understanding how mental health is. People just think this is our final stage or this is the way we should be. And we found it, but then there's no room for growth. So I'm allowing room for growth. So what I want to say is I'm still discovering self-confidence. It looks very different, but if I want to say a specific, I guess, discovery really was when I decided to publish my book. Because that is to me the ultimate form of vulnerability to be like, let me publish and talk about the things I struggled with. And in Asian culture, it's even harder to do that because we're just not, we're not good at expressing. But that to me was a big form of like, you know what? No, I'm confident in who I am, who I've become, where I am now. I want to share my story. Thanks for sharing that. And it's not easy to go out there and put your all in everything and sharing some of the things you're going through because we're so afraid of what people might think of us, right? Even sometimes when I post about something, I'll tell people about what I go through. Like I was recently in this like huge network in China and that scared the crap out of me. But I realized like if I didn't do it, like I would just be in the same spot over and over again and be too scared to do anything. And even if I have to be nervous and say the wrong things, at least I pushed through it. And I realized like, if that's the worst that could happen, like I can go and do it again. Like I can tackle other fears that I've gone through. And it's, it's not easy, of course. And like you mentioned, self, self-confidence is something that we deal with every single day, new challenges, new roadblocks, uh, new environment, especially in the time that we're in. It's super crazy. It's super weird because we're not too sure what's going to happen. Right. But when we have the tools and resources to keep working on ourselves, that's when we can overcome all these things. You know, even if we fall down, we can still get back up. And so I'm glad you're able to write your book and share some of your things that you went through, share your vulnerability and people can relate to that and realize I'm not the only one who went through this. I'm not crazy because we all think we're crazy, right? Going through what we go through, but being able to say, oh my God, I realize I'm not crazy. Everyone goes through this. I'm okay now. And then you can find ways to find solutions to your problems, right? Just be able to seek help because it's okay to seek help. What are some of your aha moments that led to your discovery of self-confidence? I love this one aha moment because I laugh because I you never say never in your life. You know, when you say never, then it happens, right? So the never say never thing was, I remember thinking about entrepreneurship years ago when I was in corporate America, then I went back to school for my license therapy, marriage and family therapy. And I, I remember recalling going when people are like, oh, I want to own my own private practice you know, be an entrepreneur. I'm like, ew, no, I, <laughs> that sounds bad. But I really was like, maybe because I have a corporate background, I don't see myself like that. I thought of myself as a team player. So being in a big mental health organization kind of stuff, and then being a clinician and, and still being a leader, but it's so funny. So look at what I'm doing now. Yeah. Running my own private practice. And I really wouldn't have it any other way. So the aha moment was in 2017, when I remember thinking for at least most of that year going, um, I wonder if I need to do my own practice because I have my own unique uh, talents. Does that make sense? And I wasn't able to use them in certain organizations, but I thought if I open up my own practice, I could do what I need to do. And then I did. And I won't even look back again, but again, folks never say never because I did. And then now I'm proud to call myself uh, you know, an Asian American female running her own practice. So an entrepreneur, yes. And and then I use my business background each day of understanding how to manage my business and grow it. But I think that's super cool. That was my aha moment of, wow, I can do this. And you know what? I should have done this sooner. But you know how you say that, but I don't want to live in regrets because I think the timing was just right when I started it. Yeah. I think everything happens for a reason. And sometimes we're like, yeah, I should have started this three years ago. But honestly, like the, the universe works in mysterious ways. Things had to happen at a certain time for a certain reason. Maybe it's for you to share your story. Like 
sometimes it's it's never say never because the thing that you don't want to do is the thing that you might end up doing and you're able to see you're able to see how capable you are as a person and as, and as women right people don't realize as women we're so capable but because it's our confidence issues that really stops us from taking that first step from even embarking in our own journey and so it's really important to have stories like these so women can see their capabilities they can see how confident they become and don't even have to do this alone, right? There's women out there who will help you out along the way. So I really love that you mentioned that. And because of that realization, what's your life been like now? I would say that I'm going to be honest, there are moments when you still doubt, right? Because I think that's normal and you have imposter syndrome. And I write it in my book saying right before I even talk, I'm like, wait a second, do I even know what I'm talking about with mental health? And, and clearly I do, but you still have that doubt. But I say, this is the, then I tell female fellow females this, especially if you're a speaker, because you do go through it, you go in front of an audience, right? It's pretty daunting that there will be moments of doubt. So don't think you'll never doubt. Sometimes I feel like people are so black and white. I'm self-confident. Never will I doubt again. That's no such thing. There's always a balance, especially when it comes to mental health, things are gray. So after discovering this, I'll be honest, I work hard at it to keep that self-confidence. But you know, when you practice something, the easier it gets. So I talk about practicing self-confidence and it's become second nature, if that makes sense, because I'm practicing it. But it doesn't mean that I'm full-fledged like every day going, hey, I know exactly what I'm doing and I'm super confident. No, there are times when I'm not going to sell promotions. Shishina's the one who's like, Jeannie, are you doing this? I'm like, oh, I don't know, but I'm getting better at it because of practice. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And yes, I do harp on Jeannie every time because she has an amazing YouTube channel where she talks about mental health and tying it with K-dramas, which really actually helps a lot of people out. It's called Nunes Nucci. So check that out. And you know, that's that's what it means by asking for help. Sometimes you need to help people just push a little bit so they can go out there and share what they have. Because for me, if you're not self-promoting it, you're doing a disservice to someone. There's someone out there who might be looking for your service or your advice or your products to help them in their own life to become better. So I really love that you mentioned that. And you know, to the woman who's listening to your episode, she may be in her own journey to self-confidence. What would be that one tip you would give to her? Definitely. I would say this, and I say it also in my book, and, I, and it really took me time to say it. There are voices, we tend to hear a lot of other people's voices and listen to other people's voices. But I want you to listen to your voice, your inner voice. So there's a theme in mental health where it's like the inner critic. So I'm not saying inner critic. I'm looking at your gut reaction of whether you want to do something because we tend to go, Sheena, should I do this? Or asking other people, should I do it? Should I? But then we don't even listen to what we really want. So I'm trying to say, weed out the noise. <laughs> that doesn't mean they're all noise. People wanting to help you and give your two cents. But before you ask for two cents, kind of know what you want. And so listen to your own voice. And that's helped me to go, you know what? And I even say this, if only I lived in a bubble, life would be much easier. I would just listen to myself and just do it. But everything's based on what, you know, context of relationships and whether what people think of your book and YouTube channel and stuff. But now I now focus on what I think feels right to me, listen to that and then do it. And of course, I still care what other people think. Of course, we're normal. But it feels so much better and much more rewarding. And you develop that confidence when you listen to you. I love it. I love that advice. I know it's always hard for us to use our intuition. And sometimes when we do use our intuition, what we picture in our head is like the total opposite of what happened. And you're like, why did I do that? But like I mentioned, everything happens for a reason. And when you're at that point where you can look back, you you will understand why everything had to happen the way 
did. So just because, you know, listeners, if you pictured something that was like a total 180, don't be scared. It's part of life. We've all gone through it and it'll be all okay in the end. So I really love that tip that you mentioned. Thank you so much, Jeannie. And Jeannie, if our listeners wanted to get to know a little bit more about you, check out your YouTube video, check out your book. Is there any links or social media profiles we can connect with? Sure. I mean, on my Instagram at your change provider, there's a link in the bio that gives you access to everything. And of course, Nunez Nunchi. And real quick about Nunez Nunchi, even that I started it, I decided to do it for myself, but it took me a year. I kept thinking, you know, I think I have some good nuggets, but I'm like, but that's weird. People thinking about K-dramas and mental health. So even now I still think, uh, I'm, uh, even now I think, I wonder what people think, but I don't care. I really enjoy doing it because we love watching K-dramas. And I love talking about mental health. So yeah, Nunez Nunchi on YouTube and also my Instagram at Your Change Provider. Thanks. And people don't know, but Jeannie was actually featured on Forbes because of her work using K-dramas to promote mental health. So I'm glad she went with her gut feeling and just did it because you never know who's watching, right? You never know who's watching, who's seeing this is like, oh, I never saw it in this this way, right? And you know, I also tell other people of what she does and they, they, love, they love the idea, right? So you never know what happens when you just go out there and do it. So I really appreciate you, Jeannie, for creating this and using K-dramas to promote mental health because there are a lot of K-drama fans out there, like huge, right? And now we can use this for good. And, you know, I, I think one thing I really love about K-dramas is the diversity it's brought in. I think it's amazing that it's been able to do that, even though English is not the language that they speak in. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks again, Jeannie. And m- be sure to check out her work and her book and her channel. And if you want to do that, you can also head on over to the thetaltselfconfidence.com and search for Jeannie's name. Her show notes will pop up along with everything else that we talked about. And I really just want to thank Jeannie again for taking the time to share her story, her wisdom, her tips on our last episode of the season. So thank you so much, Jeannie. Thank you so much for having me. So glad to have met you too through all of this, through COVID, right? You've been a blessing as well to me. Oh, thank you. Same. I mean, I'm just grateful that we've met and we've been connecting and talking endlessly about K-dramas. So thanks again, Jeannie. And to our listeners, as I mentioned, this will be our last episode for the season. We'll be back for our new season on September 7, 2021. Feel free to check out uh, past episodes, binge on them because you never know whose story you could relate to. And don't be afraid to go out there and and just do something that you love because life is short and we never know what's going to happen. So tune into the next episode of the next season on September 7, 2021. Thank you so much and talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Tao of Self-Confidence. You can order your copy of Asian Women Who Boss Up Book by visiting our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. 